All right, folks, we are here for another crossover Thursday edition of the Locked On Titans and the Locked On Jags podcast. One of my favorite crossovers. I'm willing to say my favorite crossover every year. It's so nice we get to do it twice. I am the host of Locked On Titans, Tyler Rowland here with Tony Wiggins, host of Locked On Jaguars. We're going to break down this matchup and not only talk about this game, but talk a little bit about the future of these teams as well. So before we get into that, do want to let you guys know that this show is presented by Stat Hero. Stat Hero is a first of its kind daily fantasy sports platform where it's you against the house in a head-to-head fantasy matchup. Winner takes all. Sign up mm. for free right now at stathero.com slash locked on and use the promo code locked on. That's one word locked on for a 100% deposit match. And as always, thank you for making the Locked On Titans and the Locked On Jaguars podcast your first listen every day. If you're just checking out the shows for the first time ever, make sure you subscribe on whatever platform you do stream. Check out Locked On Jag Jaguars YouTube. Check out Locked On Titans YouTube. And just know, wherever you find the podcast, you will find them for free. No Absolutely. paywall here at the Locked On Podcast Network. So, Tony, uh, I know that the, the season isn't going great for the Jags. Right now, the Titans are in one of the worst parts of their season as well, so maybe some negative feelings all around. But how, how are things generally going right now for the Jaguars? Terrible. And uh, you, you hit it dead on the head. It's not going good at all, brother. Uh, you know, but for me, I said this before, T. Um, it'll actually be... Urban Meyer's reign here will either be wonderful because the team will win or it'll be spectacular from a media perspective because they're going to stink. And if mm -hmm. that happens, I I'm going to do my job and we're going to have fun uh, regardless. And, and that's what's going on right now. Now, it's no fun to do these repetitive podcasts every day where you're a grief counselor. But unfortunately for uh, the Jaguar fans, I'm kind of good at that. And uh uh, because we've been uh, suffering so much as a franchise. So, um, yeah, it's it's bad, man. And it might be, and, and I'm being honest, I'm being deadly honest, it might be about as bad as it's ever been here, believe it or not. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think I understand because it doesn't look like there's a lot of hope. And we're going to talk a little bit more about the future, but just for the right now, my question for you, are there players that you think have been playing well recently that that can give fans a little bit of hope hey this guy is somebody who when we do start winning this guy will be around trevor and it doesn't show up statistically but right trevor lawrence in my opinion has has really braved through a lot of things and uh he has not stopped competing uh he does need a really good offseason though uh from a mechanical perspective and uh, to kind of wash this stink off of him that's happened this year because of the lack of separation with the wideouts and because of, you know, sometimes things break down. And then all of the miscommunication, just today he had to answer questions about James Robinson. And he said James Robinson is one of our better players. There's been a controversy all week about him not getting right. the ball enough. And Trevor said we've addressed it. And the thing is, is you have your rookie quarterback addressing team issues as if he's a manager. and. While that is not ideal, it does show you his maturity level. And right. but the fact is, is he needs to be developing. You don't need to be sitting around here having press conferences talking about personnel decisions. And he's 21, 22 years old. 
but that's the dysfunction that Jacksonville is right now. And there's no one to blame but Urban Meyer. He needs to take he needs to take full responsibility for it. Yeah, and, and I'm going to give, you know, like I said, like you said, don't want to make you a grief counselor here, but I do think it's it's important for Titans fans to, to get an idea of what's going on in Jacksonville. I know they want that information. But speaking of the Titans, as I kind of mentioned, it, it, it's kind of tough in Tennessee right now as well. I know they sit at 8-4, and four, and I don't mean to, uh, you know, maybe uh, disrespect the Jaguars fans listening and say, oh, no, the Titans, it's so bad, they're 8-4. and four. But right. coming off two losses, one of those to a team in the Houston Texans, who I cannot believe that they lost that game. It's still more than the Jets game. Losing to that Texans team is just unacceptable, quite frankly. And the Titans have had nine turnovers in the last two games. That You just can't win doing that. And if they lose this game to Jacksonville, I think it's totally fair for Titans fans to hit the panic button and wonder really truly wonder if the Titans will ever get back to playing the football that they were playing in the middle of the season. Now, obviously, a lot of that has to do with health. The Titans have a historic number of injuries. They've had the most players on their active roster of any team in NFL history, and we're only through 13 mm. weeks now, and one of them was a bye. So mm. 12 games for the Titans. They've already used 86 total players, a record. You can, you can look at that all you want for sure. Understandable. But even with the injuries, the Titans should not have lost to the Jets or the Texans. So They, they uh, should have. Right. They're, they're, I call them the two-faced Titans. They right. can beat the best team in the NFL any given Sunday or lose to the worst team in the NFL. And that rule applies this weekend. So uh, when I had my crossover with John and Cody for the Texans, I gave Texans fans a little bit of optimism about their ability to win that game. I got to give that same optimism to the Jaguars. The Titans should win this game, but they have shown that they have the ability to let down, especially if they don't fix the turnover issues. But obviously we're going to talk more about these things in the, you know, the following segments coming up before we get into them. Do want to tell you a little bit more about the title sponsor of today's show, Stat Hero. Stat Hero is a daily fantasy sports matchup that pits you against the house. You're not going to be out there playing against, you know, random experts, thousands of unknown players. Stat Hero puts you in control of your fate. And you know that season-long traditional fantasy sports are a long-term losing proposition. So, Stat Hero is the first of its kind daily fantasy splats, uh, sports platform. The crazy part about it is Stat Hero is going to show you their lineup before you play, and you get to handpick the team that you want to face one-on-one, -on -one, and you set the stakes as well. You decide how much you're going to play for, and Stat Hero has no choice but to take it because they're daring you to beat them again. Stat Hero is head-to-head, -head, one one-on-one daily fantasy sports, which is exactly the way that it should be. So sign up for free right now at stathero.com slash locked on and use the promo code locked on for a 100% deposit match. That's stathero.com slash locked on. Use that promo code locked on for a 100% match. Once again, stathero.com slash locked on. Promo code locked on. Terms and conditions may apply. All right, well, Tony, we're we're gonna get into you know breaking down this matchup. Before I kind of ask about some future topics, I just want to say this: 
What is your read on Jacksonville having to win, uh, having an ability to win this game? And if they were to win the game, how do you think that would play out? Um, somebody needs to make sure that Jeffrey Simmons does not get on uh, the bus on the way to the stadium. Uh, <laughs> that's one uh, way that they can win because he is just a game plan wrecker. Mm-hmm. Um, I really, really love him as a football player and everything that he stands for. Um I really do think that the Jaguars just have to have a short memory, and that's hard to do when you have 10 losses on a season. But they have to just find some pride and find a reason to understand that this is the Tennessee Titans. This is your rival. Uh, They don't like you, and stranger things have happened um, before than, you know, uh, one of these teams winning when they're not supposed to. So they have to first and foremost the defense has played well in spots and one of the things that they've mm-hmm. been able to do is harass the uh, the other team's quarterback and i yeah. think with without the healthy receivers and without derrick henry they can take a beeline and they can really really focus in on um the ryan Tannehill and mm-hmm. and, in do, and in doing that kind of knock him off of his square a little bit because what makes him dangerous is when he has all of those weapons and then he uses his legs well he doesn't have his weapons now so now you have to make sure I would make him play from inside the box and uh, run some sort of gap and hole where you do want to get a pass rush, but you don't mm-hmm. want to extend too far past him and allow him to get into those running lanes and 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 create situations where he extends drives. They have to get off the field on third down and they have to make sure that they don't do dumb boneheaded penalties, which they've been doing uh, for weeks now. Uh, they've been getting a lot of penalties when on third down, like they get a dead ball penalty after they make a stop on third down. Tyler is the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. Man. And they one guy smacked the, it, it was, they were, they had pinned the team back, gotten a sack uh, on third and long, got the team pinned back within like the seven or eight yard line and allowed themselves to be baited into a, a, a shoving match where the opponent's helmet comes off and the Jaguars player, slapped the dude right in front of the referee. I it mean, was Rashawn Jenkins, right? Yeah, it Is was. It, yeah, yeah. And I'm sitting there like, you got to be kidding me. You just flip field position against the 49ers. You have them pinned mm-hmm. back. And I'm going to tell you the significance of that. San Francisco started their game, and they went on a 20-play, 13-minute, five-second drive. The Jaguars <laughs> kicked off. They pinned them inside the 10-yard line because of the, the dude bobbled the kickoff. Right. They go 13 minutes on the opening drive. The Jaguars get the ball back after the 49ers go up 3 nothing. This is a couple of weeks ago. The Jaguars go three and out after being on the field for 13 minutes. They go three and out. The 49ers hold the ball for like seven, eight minutes again. All right? So now this is how this game is going. You finally get them off the field after being skull drugged and, and working like you picking onions in a field all right. day. And you <laughs> then slap a dude after you so tired that you lost your train of thought, right? which you didn't realize something. Guess what? Now you got to have your butt back on the field. Yeah. And guess, what, and guess what happened? They drove and they flipped the field again. That's the mm-hmm. problem. They have no situational awareness when it comes to uh, – they're really doing it to themselves, and they have to right. stop. They they got yeah. punt formation in one game, and uh, the punter wasn't on the field. Oh man, that's see a lot of the stuff no, that you're talking no, about is coaching. No, look, look, they're lined up. The guys back waiting for the punt. They're lined up. Referee blew the whistle. Everybody's looking around. 
and then all of a sudden you see Logan Cook the punter running on the field, putting his hell. It's the, I, it's the, it, it is the water boyest stuff I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, well, that kind of leads me into what I wanted to ask about next. And I, I, you know, like we talked about before, we you know press the record button here. I don't get a lot of time to uh, talk to you until after offseason moves are made. We usually do a little divisional recap in May or June to get ready for the season ahead. But uh, obviously this season, I think the Jaguars have two wins now. Um, It's not going to be a playoff year. But what do you think they need to do going forward? What moves do you want them to make? Or just what's your general idea of what they need to do going forward to turn this thing around? Because I'm a believer in Trevor Lawrence. I think Josh Allen is one of the best young players in the NFL. So you have a pass rusher and you have a passer, which is a good foundation. But what needs to come next in this offseason for Jacksonville to be a decent football team next year? I can tell you what they need to do. Uh, it's not realistic because I don't think it's going to happen. They need to move on from Urban Meyer. But it's yeah. not, they, they ain't going to do it. I, I don't think they're going to do it. Unless it gets worse or unless it starts to – unless there's something else and we don't know – we can't predict if there's anything else, if something's going to come up. Yeah, if, with Urban, so, you never some, know. Some, some kind of scandal or or not answering a question right in a press conference because he's absolutely awful at press conferences. Right. At least, it, 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 see, in college, when you're the big man on campus, you control the narrative. In Here, a small town, can, not yeah. small, Columbus isn't a small town, but you know, compared to NFL media, you know. But but you're a god in those towns because no yes. one wants to screw up with the college football stuff because that's just the way it is, right? Right. So in the NFL, in the NFL, dude, I used to go to press conferences and flip flops. It's like I wish y'all would say something to me because it's like, and it's not being unprofessional. It's just that this is Florida. This is what this is Jacksonville, right. dude. This is Duval, right? <laughs> so you over there, you know, it's like whatever, dude. Don't, don't even play that stuff with me and. It's almost as if you you ever seen a car salesman? You you ever you know how you use car salesmen? Right? And I shout oh, out yeah, to car yeah, salesmen. Yeah. I love car salesmen because I got a bunch of friends as car salesmen, right? right but they right. got their own way of doing things, right? For sure. Ain't nothing like a car salesman trying to sell a car, and he doesn't know that his customer is a car salesman. So you go to buy a car, or you take your daughter to get a car, and you're like a car. I took one of my buddies with me when my daughter went car shopping, and the dudes whipping out all these numbers. So without knowing that my partner was a car salesman, my, my partner is just cutting them off. Every time he tries to run that BS and run that mm-hmm. lie, my partner is just slicing him with a cleaver. Like, ah, that's a lie. Don't tell me this. Boom. He's telling, he's asking this dude. So finally the dude goes, did you used to sell cars before? He said, no, I've been doing it for 30 years. So <laughs> yeah. you realize that the stuff you say, you can't pull the wool over. Urban didn't realize that at first. And these dudes, these grizzled dudes that don't have nothing to do except sit around here and dissect everything you say, they're holding them to it. And what happens is he'll say it. They'll let him say it. But then you'll see blogs and you'll see podcasts and you'll see tweets and you'll see stuff. And he looks like an idiot half the time. So I wish they press him a little bit more. I don't go to the stadium because, you know, I'm usually doing something else in the middle of the day. But um, I'm going to tell you something, man. He does not do good in press conferences, and it absolutely makes it worse when you're 2-10. and 10. 
And that's and that's part of the job, you know. Part part of the job, you got to win football games, but media relations and handling that. I saw something in a press conference this week, and you can correct me if I'm wrong. Where it was about James Robinson and his lack of touches, and Urban almost blamed it on the running back coach. That's what he does. And, yeah, and said like, "Oh, the running back coach is in charge of that or whatever." It's ridiculous. So it's plausible deniability. So here's what it is: right. he goes, he stopped. He said it today, and he said it on one of his shows. He goes, "I stopped uh, micromanaging." And it's almost as if, and I'm going to, this is me inserting this. It's almost as if he had to stop micromanaging so much so he wouldn't burn himself out because he's known to be kind of maniacal right. in the way that he, you know, goes about stuff. So in order for him to, he had to start delegating authority. And mm-hmm. and so he, so that's what he's kind of putting it on. But the reason why it doesn't work in these situations is because James Robinson is like your best player, right? And someone asked you, why didn't he play more? And you go, uh, I don't know. We we'll have to take a look at it, right? And then the next day you come out on a Monday after the game, it's Monday afternoon, and you say, we haven't had a chance to discuss it yet. So now you got people wondering, what the hell you been doing for the last 36 hours? Right. Okay, uh, did you watch the film? You haven't had a meeting? You know, uh, other teams, when they're losing, they're watching tape or they're they, they got the coaches there at five o'clock in the morning and they're trying to yes. figure out what's going on. So you haven't done that yet. So then you come out Tuesday and it seems like you have it thought out. You thought it all out. And your answer is, I don't micromanage that. I leave it up to the coaches. And really, it looks like it's plausible deniability. It's you throwing mm-hmm. somebody else under the bus that everybody mm-hmm. knows you're going to fire them at the end of the year. So it right. makes it look like, look, I did my job. I delegated authority because I'm the CEO of this whole thing. And But here's what he doesn't understand, and this is why it doesn't fly. You're literally on the sidelines. All you got to do is go down there and say, what's wrong with James? Right. That's it. <laughs> It it's not like, complicated. No, dude, it ain't like you, 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 you're some ranger battalion on the other side of the mountain and you you mm-hmm. don't have contact and you can't get over here to find out and debrief. It ain't all that serious, bro. It's like this. Take five steps down and say, why ain't he in the game? Yes. He's my best player. It ain't like you. Listen, listen, bro. It ain't like you Dallas, right? And C.D. Lamb's in the game and Cooper's in the game. And, and now you're like, well, Gallup ain't in there, so I don't care. Or Pollard's in the game and Zeke's taking the blow. It ain't like that. You got James Robinson and then Carlos Hyde. Right. What is Carlos doing in the game? It's yeah. not it's not that hard, man. See, he tries to make this seem like it I almost cursed, by the way. I had to bite my tongue just then, but he tries to make it seem like it's this grand scheme and our process. Right. And brother, you two and ten. If you're doing all that processing, it ain't working. Right. Yeah. No, you're you're spot on. And that's why I wanted to make sure I got your take. Uh, you got your finger on the pulse of the Jacksonville Jaguars more than just about anybody who you could imagine on the planet. So I had to make sure that I got your your take on just where they're at right now, what's going to come in the future. But we're going to move to our last segment. I know you said you had a lot of questions for me. Before we do that, though, I know you got to tell the the fine listeners ab- about a few of our sponsors. That's right. Super Bowl 56 is at SoFi, and it's less than 100 days away. And on location, that's right, on location, the official hospitality partner of the NFL is the only place to score a once-in-a-lifetime Super Bowl ticket and experience package. Select your exact seats and choose from elite experiences featuring an exclusive pregame celebration with NFL legends, five-star L.A. hotels, and food by the great 
Wolfgang Puck. I went to his restaurant in Vegas and lost my mind. So he is absolutely fantastic. He's one of those chefs that you see on TV all the time. So mm -hmm. make sure you pay attention to that. So visit onlocationexp.com slash SB56. I know that's a lot, but you can always rewind this. All right. For more information or search Super Bowl on location, just search Super Bowl on location. That's on location exp.com slash SB56 or search Super Bowl on location. And if you're trying to make a wager, I know I am. You guys better get on top of it and make sure that you holler at Bet Online because they have you covered for all of your season long props and odds and the lines that are better than ever before bet online remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season so head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit just use our promo code which is locked on to receive that bonus now i'm going to say it again you get a 50 percent welcome bonus on your first and initial deposit if you use the promo code locked on, you got basketball, you got football, everything's getting heated up in both college and pro boxing, UFC. It seems like there's a fight every weekend, Vegas casino games, all of your favorites. So don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all of your favorite sports. Bet online is where the game starts. All right, well, uh, I know that you said you had some questions for me. We're going to wrap up this crossover Thursday. Uh, Tony, whenever you are ready, I am in the hot seat, ready to go. Any buyer's remorse on Julio Jones? Because everybody talked about how banged up he is all the time. Mm -hmm. You gave up a second-round pick for him. I thought it was well worth the reach because he's a Hall of right. Famer. But how do you guys feel right now in Tennessee? Quite frankly, I feel kind of like I did about the Jadavian Clowney thing. I think it was a worthy move. You take a shot on somebody to upgrade the talent. Yeah, it's someone who's had some issues with injury, but if you get a healthy version, you're really going to get one of the better players in the NFL at their position. Uh, I think, honestly, what it comes down to is, is Julio Jones healthy for this stretch run? If he gets hurt again and he can't help them in the playoffs, then, then you have to call it a bad trade. Now, that's a hindsight thing. Of course, we're evaluating after the fact. I'll always say that it was a good trade in the moment. But if Julio Jones were to get hurt again this season, not help the Titans in the stretch run, not help the Titans in the playoffs, then I think it's fair to go back and say it was a bad trade. But at the end of the day, I don't blame J uh, John Robinson for making the move. I would have made the move as well. I would rather, if you're going to pay Corey Davis $12.5 million to be hurt and inconsistent, I'd rather pay Julio Jones $12 million, $15 million to be hurt and inconsistent. Um, but at the end of the day, if Julio comes back, he makes some plays down this stretch. The Titans go on a run, get back to playing the football that they were playing in the middle of the season, and he makes some plays in the playoffs, then nobody's going to look back on it and be like, oh, well, he was hurt for most of the year, halfway through. It's not going to matter. If he comes in, he helps the Titans win a playoff game, maybe win two playoff games, God forbid, win a Super Bowl. Right. I'd, I'd be on here crying for an hour afterwards <laughs> if that were to happen. And Jaguar but, fans will be crying too, trust me. <laughs> right, right. So <laughs> if Julio could still help the Titans at the end of the year, then I think the trade still you know, worked out. But at the end of the day, I can't fault John Robinson for taking swings. You need elite talent to win in this league at the highest level. The Titans didn't have it before. They went out and made a play for it. 
it works out or it doesn't work out, and that's just the way that it goes in the NFL. No doubt about it. What's the injury? What's the status of? Uh, it might be obvious, but I've heard conflicting reports on uh, AJ Brown and Derrick Henry. Has Derrick Henry got any chance to come back this year? Well, that's the thing. There are conflicting reports on that uh, as well. But here's what I'll say: Adam Schefter from ESPN has basically said the entire time Derrick Henry's out for the season. That's what he always says. But Ian Rappaport from NFL Network has said that there's a likelihood that Derrick Henry could come back for a playoff run if the Titans hold on and make it. What makes me feel confident that it's more towards Ian Rappaport and less towards Adam Schefter is Diana Rossini, who works for ESPN with Adam Schefter, who is, Diana Rossini is locked in to the Titans. She's fantastic. She's so good at her job. She either is super close with John Robinson or Mike Vrabel or both. But either way, she always gets the scoops. She always gets the inside information from the Titans. And she was on an NFL program for ESPN just last week and said that there is optimism right now that Derrick Henry will be back for the playoffs. We're talking about one of the you know best athletes we've seen, you know, just generally speaking, in America in forever. I mean, the guy's a freak. So if there's anybody who can come back and play and anybody can rebound from that injury, and it wasn't an ACL, it wasn't an Achilles, you know, it's a a broken bone in your foot. But Demarcus Lawrence is almost the same size as Derrick Henry. They're both about 6'4", 6'5", 240, 250. Demarcus Lawrence broke his foot, same exact injury, on September the 15th. He just returned last week, and that was 11 total weeks. 11 total weeks from when Derrick Henry had his injury is week one of the playoffs, the wild card week. So I fully do expect Derrick Henry to return. Uh, I think that he's the type of guy who can make it back. But like you said, there have been conflicting reports. But for my money, Derrick Henry will play in another football game this year. And A.J. Brown, no? Uh, AJ Brown is on IR. He doesn't, he's not eligible to come back until the Titans play on Thursday night football against San Francisco. Uh, you know, speaking from my perspective solely, I don't have any medical background. I always say that I'm not a doctor. I'm not in any way, but I would not play AJ in that Thursday night football game because of the shortness of it. You give AJ four weeks on IR, basically five weeks, I guess with the bye. And you let him get that full 10 days rest until the last two games of the season against the Dolphins and against the Texans. That's what I would do, but he hasn't been ruled out for the year. And reports indicate that it's not a season-ending injury. So as long as that is is the report out there, I'm choosing to be positive on both. A.J. Brown will be back. Derrick Henry will be back. And quite frankly, if the Titans don't get those guys back, then the season's a wash anyway because they can't win a Super Bowl without those two guys. Mike Vrabel is in the top 25% tier of coaches in the league. I think there's 32 coaches. I think he's one of the top eight guys in the league. Mm -hmm. Uh, So he's not in any sort of an issue. But I always like to think that teams that consistently contend for a championship have a combination of coach and quarterback. I'm not, yes. I've never really been sold on Tannehill. I love mm-hmm. the the comeback, if you will, uh, his second yeah. least on life in Tennessee. Mm-hmm. But at some point, y'all going to start asking the same questions that Minnesota's people and Luke Braun and those guys are about Kirk Cousins. Like, okay, is this just better than average, but never going to be really good enough? And come next year, there's going to be a dude up in Wisconsin that might be free. And you know what I'm saying? So rumor yeah. has it that the last time a GOAT, type guy came free he said 
you keeping that dude? And he ain't saying like that. He said something else. And Rory, that was about Tannehill. Yeah, I don't care about, what Brady yeah, says. That right, was about right, Tannehill. Right, right, right. So what happens this time? If Aaron Rodgers is free and you guys have a chance to clear up my is, – is, is Tannehill right now to the point where – you guys will go ahead and give up and, and say, no, we're going to get that other dude because we don't want that here in Jacksonville. We do not want Aaron Rodgers. Right. Uh, okay. So two things. One, if the Titans have a chance to get Aaron Rodgers, pick up the phone, baby. Like period. <laughs> it's over. Like I, I, I like Ryan Tannehill and I'm a Tannehill supporter, but here's the reality in the NFL. There are about five quarterbacks who are going to be good all the time, no matter what. There's about five. Every other quarterback from seven to the end of the list is dependent in large part around their supporting cast. I mean, even the elite guys are still dependent on their supporting cast a bit. You know, but a guy like Tannehill, a guy like Cousins, a guy like Baker Mayfield, uh, you know, uh, a guy like blanking on different names, like Dak Prescott even. Like they I need, think they need, I think Dak's probably yeah, on the on the, on the other side on of the that cusp. I think but, he's top agree, tier too. But I agree with you. I agree with you. They 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 can be successful, but in order to get what we're talking about, yes, they need all of those things around them to be really really good. Yeah, he, he's a trailer, not a truck. And I got to give a shout out to Bucky Brooks and uh, Daniel Jeremiah. They they do a segment called Truck or Trailer, and they talk about quarterbacks. A trailer is, or a truck is like Patrick Mahomes or Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady. Even when their team doesn't play well, they are going to pull those dudes. You know, rising tide lifts all boats. They are going to pull those dudes towards some modicum of success. Uphill. Uphill. Yes, they're going right. to take them uphill. Even if it doesn't work, they're going to be a, a positive benefit. We have seen that if Ryan – now, Ryan Tannehill – is still a good quarterback, but like Kirk Cousins, like Dak. For I mean, Dak really struggled when CD and and uh, Cooper were out. You know, he really struggled in that game, and it just goes to show you that probably eighty percent, maybe eighty five percent, maybe ninety percent of the quarterbacks in the NFL, if they don't have a really solid supporting cast around them, they're just going to look average or replaceable. And mm-hmm. and and to me, that that's the case with Ryan Tannehill. He's not an elite guy who's going to raise all boats around him. If he's got practice squad guys around him and practice squad running backs and a poor pass protecting offensive line, he's not going to play well. And that's not going to change. Now, the the question comes down to, can you win a Super Bowl with Ryan Tannehill? My answer is yes, but it would require A.J. Brown, Julio Jones, Derrick Henry to be healthy and to play well. Tannehill is a point guard on a star stud in the All-Star game. You know, Mm -hmm, he's mm -hmm. not LeBron. He's Rondo. In the Celtics big four, not KG, mm. Paul Pierce, or Ray Allen. He's Rondo. So he can look like an all-star. He can look like a monster, a Hall of Fame player when he's got good talent around him. But Rondo's never going to be the best player on your team. And we see and it was my suspicion already, but it's been proven that Tannehill can't lift up the team around him if he doesn't have a star-studded cast. But I think that's the case for 90% of the quarterbacks in the NFL. So I don't think it's necessarily a detriment to Ryan Tannehill to say the truth. All right, so we got it, man. There you go, yep. the Locked On uh, Jaguars and Locked On Titans crossover. You make us your first listen every day. Your second listen needs to be the Locked On Bets podcast with hosted by – it's hosted by your boy Q. And I always get ready to say my boy Q because he is my boy, but his name <laughs> is your boy Q. And with analyst Lee Sterling, they give it to you 
straight from the muscle. All of the things mm -hmm. that you might not know about these games, you find it out before you make your way. Just to make sure you like and subscribe and follow the Locked On Bets podcast. Tyler's been real as always. And you know what? You ain't got to wait to make to talk to me, homie. We can talk any day. You got my, we text all the time. They right, accuse right. me on the group text of being like absentee. The thing is, is I have my text messages off. Now, this is a little in, behind the business here. Yeah, so y'all just bear with us, yeah. okay? Right. So I have my text messages off because I'm an insomniac. And as soon as I get to sleep, if that thing goes off, I'm going to go down to Gainesville or wherever and choke Brandon. So I'm trying to not have to hurt him. You know what I'm saying? Now, Zach's cool. And plus, you know, he's different. And then me and you, you right. know, we. but that little boy going to make me hurt him if he keeps uh texting all night long and i'm asleep and soon the thing goes off so that's why i have my text messages off and he's always complaining and and you can i, I hope they show him this he's always complaining that he calls me a mean dude and i'm mean and and all of this and then he calls me og the next minute that's my buddy though man i'm just jiving with him. <laughs> yeah yeah we love we love our young co uh, the young college dudes in the group chat we're just elder statesman man nothing we yeah, can do man. about it but yeah, yeah man boy, it's, it's man. good times and and we will get together for sure uh maybe right before the draft or something like that just to chop it up and, and maybe we could take a little path uh and just talk some general nfl sometime as well as we both are co-hosts on the locked on nfl podcast during the week as well but uh tony like you said great conversation as always i'm looking forward to this game i really do think the jags if they turn over the titans have a chance to win it but either way we will watch the rest of the season unfold. That's going to do it for another crossover Thursday from the Locked On Podcast Network, Locked On Titans, Locked On Jags. Everybody, we'll catch you on Friday.